What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins, joined, as always, by David Lake. We are coming at you, recording this on a Wednesday morning. I think we're like one or two days behind schedule. Don't tell the bosses, but a busy few days of travel for me and David Lake. And that's really what we're going to talk about uh, on the on the first kind of bit of this podcast. Uh, this past weekend up in Jacksonville, a mega camp took place for high school recruits. It was primarily for some underclassmen, uh, but there were a few Miami targets. So we're going to get into that. Uh, on the back end, I think we're going to talk a little Jaron Williams headed to JUCO and, and Jared Williams, uh, who is heading from Houston to Miami. We're going to kind of discuss where we think he's going to end up playing for Miami now that some workout videos have surfaced. First off, David, how you doing? How was uh, Father's Day weekend? I know you spent it in Jacksonville yeah. Beach. It was nice. It was, it was nice, first of all, to get out to that camp. Nice to be outside. Nice to see some footballs flying in the air. Uh, some sort of normalcy happening with with all of that, which was good. It was good to see some some talented young prospects. The camp we went to was primarily an underclassman camp, so younger dudes. But uh, yeah, the weekend was nice. I had never really been to Jacksonville Beach before. I have to admit, and it was nice. I enjoyed it. It's definitely a nice little beach vibe. Uh, beach town and we spent some time at the beach and just hung out you know nothing major Um, brought the family with me as you know I was going to Jacksonville for this camp anyways and just made a weekend out of it and it was fun how how was your stay in Jacksonville I I did the same I I brought the girlfriend with me I'm a big fan of Jacksonville Beach I think we uh I could be a future or my address will futurely be. I, I, I like that uh, beachside vibe. I will disagree yeah. with you about it being nice to be outside because uh, after about hour seven or eight of being in the sun on that turf field, I was, I was melting. Yeah. It took, I think, uh, it was hot. a few days to recover. But let's kind of dive right into um, the big name for Miami fans at the camp, Thomas Davis, a three-star defensive end probably should be considered a linebacker but he's an edge player um he was at the camp he was one of the few 2021 recruits there um miami is in hot pursuit of of thomas who i I, was had a monster season as a junior for a lounge program that made a deep run in the state playoffs david this was our first time getting a look at him and um which i think is really important because there's a Good chance he's going to end up in Miami's class. I know me and you were eager to see him. Just your initial takeaway thoughts, um, because I thought his forty was was pretty damn smooth. And uh, yeah. the unofficial time I got was four eight one. And I know there's some fans groaning about a four eight one, but four eight one on those lasers uh, yeah. is pretty dang good. Yeah, I mean, let me just say on the front end, I overall I'm a fan of Thomas Davis. I think he would be a nice take for Miami in this class if he does end up committing to Miami. So let me just say that on the front end, but you know, like any player out there, there's good and there's bad with any player. There's no such thing as the perfect player, especially at the high school level. So let's dive into Thomas. I think kind of the first thing 
that stands out that you notice about him? You know, when you think of him as a defensive end or as a pass rusher, he's not necessarily the tallest guy. I think he's probably six foot one, maybe. Do you, do you would you say that's fair? I mean, I hope he's six foot one because I, I think, you know, if we're questioning it, he's probably closer to six foot if we're being honest. Right. Somewhere between six foot, six foot one. Um, I do think he, he carries, he weighed in at the event 234 pounds. So I think he carries that weight well. And honestly, I think his frame could, could hold more. You can, you can see where he's got more ability to put on some good weight in his upper body. I think he could get up to 250 or, you know, maybe 255 pounds by the time his college career is over. And then, yeah, you touched on it. I mean, he, he went to this uh, camp, which was essentially a combine. Uh, they went yeah. through various drills. And I followed and videoed how he did on every single drill, partly because I was interested in seeing how he would do. I knew this would probably be my one chance to see him this cycle. Also, they're just, you know, he was really the only 2021 guy I needed to know that was there. Um, and yeah, I mean, his, his ability to uh, burst and accelerate and hit his top speed, I thought was impressive. Um, you know, I think there was, there's that time floating out there that he ran a 10-9-1 in the 100 meters. I would say maybe that happened if there was a tailwind. I mean, I'm not saying he's slow at all, but 10.91 is freaky fast, especially for a 234-pound guy. So do I necessarily think that time is, is highly accurate? I would probably say no. But he is a very fast defensive end, edge rush pat prospect that at 235 pounds basically clocked a 481 on the lasers. And I don't think – I think – a lot of fans will look at that time and shrug their shoulders because they compare it to NFL combine times and whatnot. But I don't think people realize how fast that is for a high school prospect. Uh, a lot of these high school guys don't know what they're doing when they're running forties. And quite frankly, I think people would be surprised by how many skill position players can't even crack four, eight on a laser time 40. Yeah. So, and I mentioned in, the, in an article I wrote afterwards that, you know, Jonathan Garvin, who spent three years at Miami's strength and conditioning program, he clocked basically the same time as Thomas Davis at the NFL Combine. Yes, Jonathan Garvin weighs about 260 pounds, and he's a taller guy. Um, but still, it just shows you, like, running a 4'8 is not, is not an unimpressive thing in my opinion. And I think if Thomas goes to Miami, gets in their strength and conditioning program, uh, becomes an NFL level type prospect at the end of the day, I don't see why he couldn't be able to clock like a four, six, five, um, you know, when his college career is over. So those are just kind of my quick thoughts. What stood out to you when you, when you watched him move and work? Um, well, aside from the 40, I mean, maybe it's because I was looking through the, the viewfinder on my camera. Like I thought it was super smooth. Um, and I'd kind of spent most of the combine 
hanging out towards that 40-yard dash. I knew the guy that was kind of punching in the results. So they try to keep him pretty pretty private, but he was giving me some of them here and there. Um, you, you mentioned that time, and, and where does that stack up? Well, Patrick Bryant, who's a wide receiver that's committed to Illinois, uh, you know, he was a 4.82. So uh, just some context, you know, I mean, obviously Pat Bryant's not – um, a, a blue chip kid, but he's a power five receiver that multiple schools wanted. And that's what he ran on the lasers. And I think honestly, the fastest time of the day uh, was some little slot from like Creekside ran a four, three, seven and a four, three, six back to back. And I wow. was absolutely shocked. Uh, but it, they told me outside of that, like everything was four, six uh, and above. I think what stood out to me about Thomas you kind of mentioned some of these things. Well, I mean, I'm going to point out that uh, he showed up to the camp in a Miami hat, so that's that's a good sign if yeah. you're a Miami fan. Uh, I do agree. You know, he carries 234 well, and he's like hardly um, developed from a physical standpoint. It's not like this guy is tapped out or maxed out in any way. I mean, it right. look, if you if you saw him take his shirt off, you'd be like, oh, he he. You know, he has a ways to go before he's going to be even able to play college football in terms of just being able to, to have the strength. So I think he's someone that David Feely could mold into a monster, someone they'll probably have in that early weightlifting group, and he's only going to get bigger. I absolutely agree. He can get to 260 pounds. I thought when they did the positional drills, and if you guys have watched the NFL Combine, it's essentially it was like the, the exact workout they'd put these guys through. You know, they do some drills where they start off on the ground, they go lateral side to side. I thought he wasn't the best at maybe uh, moving the hips um, east to west, but when he plants and he drives out of his stance, uh, I think that's pretty impressive. I know in that uh, 40-yard dash, I think the 10-second split, or I'm sorry, the 10-yard split was like a 1-7. So he's, he's pretty explosive. And I came out of the day thinking uh, he's Josh Uche. Is it Uche or Uche? Yeah. Or, yeah, Uche. Uche, uh, who is a former three-star recruit that went to Miami Columbus, uh, played at Michigan, just ended up getting selected by the New England Patriots in the NFL. Draft, you know, he was uh, a 6'2, 230 pound defensive end coming out of uh, high school who just found a role in, in Michigan's defense really as a kind of pass rushing specialist. And I think that's exactly what Miami could do with Thomas Davis. Look, football, you either want to like it's all about getting a quarterback that getting to the quarterback, I should say. And, you know, if you, if you bring in certain guys that are, are good at different traits that can do that, I, I'm all for it. So how would you categorize him? Let's say he does end up committing to Miami. Um, would you categorize him as a defensive end, as a linebacker, as a quote unquote Viper, which, you know, we've been teased with uh, the last couple of years. I don't know if they've necessarily, instituted that viper position yet um how do you view him as a player within Miami's defense well I think he's going to be in the defensive line group if that's what you're kind of asking me I I think he's maybe what that viper is I mean I I would love to actually see him in coverage you know he actually does play some tight end um I I would say you know he's he's in the defense he's he's a pass rusher right and at 24 7 sports I know at some point in the future, I keep mentioning this, they are going to switch it to there will no longer be weak side defensive end and strong side defensive end. There's just going to be edge and defensive line. And I think he just yeah. categorizes as, as an edge. I mean, you would agree with me, David. Yes. And I think I, I think we had this conversation 
um, maybe via text, like just seeing how Blake Baker, Manny Diaz, Ephraim Banda, and all those guys have recruited. I think that right now they're in they're in the mentality of just like we're just going to take a bunch of guys and kind of figure out their roles later on. Look what they took at safety last cycle with Brian Balaam, Jalen Harrell. Um, those guys have pl- position flexibility. I mean, yeah. Gilbert Frierson at one time we thought was a corner. Now he's a striker. So I, I think that that would be the thought process behind taking Thomas Davis. I agree. I, th- I view him as kind of a third down pass rush specialist role player, which in my opinion, I mean, when, whenever you call someone a role player, I mean, sometimes that gets taken as you're talking down on the guy. In my opinion, if you're a third down pass rush specialist role player, that's a very, very, very important role. So I would view Thomas as a guy that Miami would bring on the field on third and long situations. And yeah, primarily he's going to rush the passer. But I do think in spots, he can drop back in the coverage as that Viper just to provide different looks to quarterbacks and try and confuse them. Um, you know, and, and look, I think too, there's something to, you know, pass rushers coming in different shapes and sizes. So if an offensive line is used to constantly blocking six foot four, six foot five defensive ends during the course of the game, it's going to take an adjustment for that one snap when a Thomas Davis, who's six foot, six foot one, comes on the field, is just as twitchy as those other guys, but can play lower yeah. with, with maybe even better leverage. That's an adjustment for an offensive tackle to have to face. Um, so look, do I want my entire defensive line or, or edge room to look like Thomas Davis? No, but I am not against taking one t- Thomas Davis type every couple or few years just for that, you know, change up or different look. Wow, that's that's a that's absolutely a a good way to point it. I didn't me, really think about that. Let me say too, you pointed out Josh Uche, and again, like these are the outliers, but there there are small pass rush specialists that have had success, you know, at the NFL that I think we could highlight. And look, we're not saying Thomas Davis is going to be this. Again, these are the outliers, but there's you know Josh Uche, I think, is a very strong comp. Elvis Dumerville back in the day was he was 5'11, 250. James Harrison on the Steelers, six foot two forty-five. And then of course Dwight Freeney, six one-ish, two hundred and sixty-ish. Um, you know, so being small, in some ways, if you're still twitchy, being small can be an advantage as a pass rusher. Um, and again, I I am confident that Thomas Davis has the necessary twitch to be effective in that role. Um, so look, is he, is he going to be like a Chance Williams or a Cam Williams or a Jafari Harvey looking type defensive end with his length and body type? No, he looks different, but he can still create havoc as a pass rusher. And that's a huge trait and asset to have on a defense. And I think we can kind of transition into uh, maybe – what we what I wanted to to discuss next is, look, uh, Miami's done a good job of kind of taking elite edge rushers each cycle, um, and yeah. you know that they don't have, 
you know, they might not get one now, but if you look ahead to 2022, it's a very, very deep group, I think, in state. Um, and that, that allows Miami to maybe get a little bit creative um, yeah. with, with this, uh, with, I mean, with what they do this cycle. Let me say this too. So one of our, one, a poster on our board goes by Q. He's very plugged in on the Valdosta Lounge program and just South Georgia in general. I asked him, you know, how does Thomas maybe compare to Romello Height, who was a guy in this 2020 cycle that was committed to Miami all the way up until the end, eventually flipped to Auburn. Um, and just for context, you know, Romello Height is a pretty looking prospect. He's got the length, he's got the size. He's got the build you would want as an edge rusher, that edge outside linebacker type. And Q was saying, you know, he's seen both guys in pads and whatnot. And he said, you know, basically, yes, Romello height looks better physically. Maybe he has more potential, more upside. But in terms of just on-field production right now, Thomas Davis is a dog. Thomas Davis is a guy that makes plays happen on the field now in high school. So I thought that was an interesting comparison because, you know, Romello Height was, was viewed as a viper in this defense, and he's another guy from South Georgia. So, you know, look, is Thomas Davis necessarily a guy with a ton of upside? No, it's limited, but he's a guy I think that can wreak havoc in that specialized role. Um, and I think, you know, more and more we're seeing with recruiting evaluations, Andrew, you can speak to this better than I can, but I think more and more we're valuing, of course, height, weight, speed matters in football. It's such a physical sport, but also just, you need those things. And also production, you can't expect a guy to not produce in high school and then all of a sudden produce in college. And so Thomas Davis produces in high school. I think that leads you to believe he has a chance to produce at the college level too. Right, right, right. Absolutely. And, and, and I'm not really trying to change gears, but I do want to mention uh, the alpha dog from, from the camp. And what we wrote in our top performers was Gabriel Brownlow Dendy, who's a 2022 uh, interior defensive lineman out of Lakeland. You, you mentioned production. Uh, we saw him work out and, he looked like a freak kind of going through drills. I, I get in yeah. the car, I, I bring up his max preps, and it's like this kid had 29 and a half tackles for loss and an 11 and a half sacks. It's like, so when those two things kind of line up, it's like, all right, you, you, you might have someone there. And I, I absolutely agree. You want, give me guys that, that kind of get it done. And I think, I do think Miami has done a good job at that specifically uh, on the defensive line. Jafari Harvey in the, in the 19 cycle and then in the, in the 2020 cycle, um, chance. chance. I mean, chance was a wildcat quarterback for his team before he broke his arm. Yeah. And you, you mentioned that, that 2022 defensive tackle. I remember, so I was watching Thomas, I was videoing Thomas Davis going through all these drills. And then out of the corner of my eye, I see this monster just motoring through a 40 and I it caught my attention because it was look. It was he was moving so fast and so smooth. And I looked over. I'm like, remember who this 101 guy is? Like I, I go into these things. I don't really know who the underclassmen are. To be honest, it's just yeah. a lot. 
And I'm like, man, this 101 guy was moving. And then he went through, you know, L cone drills, uh, et cetera, et cetera, and was a smooth, agile mover through those drills too. Um, in my opinion, he was the most impressive guy at the camp. What did he measure in it? Like 275 pounds and he yeah. like vertical 35 inches, something like that. Yeah, he did a 34-inch vert. Um, there, there was some other defensive linemen there. I, you know, I keep mentioning this class. Zane Durant, I talked about him uh, on the previous podcast with Gabby. I think, uh, David, you got a chance to see him. I, I yeah. mean, I think Miami's going to have options come uh, next 2022 cycle just when it comes to interior linemen. And it seems like there's going to be enough to go around where if maybe yeah. some more of the blue-chip kids go to the SEC – Miami's still going to be able to, to get some guys. Yeah. And again, why does this matter? Because, you know, if Miami doesn't necessarily take the numbers in 2021 with defensive tackles, it seems, you know, from what we saw at this camp, in my opinion, the 2022 class at defensive tackle looks to be fairly loaded, um, some good depth there. So, you know, if, if Miami, Miami doesn't necessarily have to reach it at 2021 in, at defensive tackle in this cycle, which, you know, I think is a good thing. They can kind of save those numbers for 2022 if they want. Last guy before we uh, shift gears and take a quick break. Ja'Curry Brown, 2022 quarterback at uh, the same school as Thomas Davis. Um, this was our first chance getting to see him. David, what did you kind of think uh, about him? Because it seems like I, I wrote last week that he, he will be a name to know for Miami in, yeah. in, that next, in that next cycle. Definitely an impressive build. I would say definitely six foot four, pushing six foot four, definitely pushing 200, 205. I would say you can tell he, he's going to be a very or is a very athletic quarterback with his running ability. Um, I think he does need to continue to refine and work on his passing and accuracy, which, you know, quarterback is a skill. I think if you work at it, that skill can be attained um, over the course of a, of a year or two um, if, if you really work at it. I know a lot of times during these off seasons, we'll see kids at these seven on events and we see him in January and then we'll see him, you know, once a month for the next six or seven months and guys get a lot better with reps at these seven on seven camps and camps in general uh, at quarterback when just because of all the reps they're getting. So I think Jakuri is a guy who, you know, this pandemic hurt him in that regard uh, with, with developing as, as a passer but I'll say this, like, I think he's a guy who welcomes the challenge of, like, he's well aware. He needs to improve as a passer. He knows that athleticism, that side of his game is always going to be there. And I think he knows he needs to put in work as a passer. And so, yeah, there was certainly some reps we saw at the camp where the accuracy wasn't where you would want it. But again, he's young. He's twenty twenty two, And if he works at it, those things are going to come. My, my impression is that, you know, Florida, like if, if I was going to handicap it right now, I think Florida probably is the early team to beat. Um, but he is certainly very intrigued by Miami. Uh, wants to see what the offense looks like this season. 
and he is building a, a nice little relationship with Rhett Lashley. But I do think the Florida match makes a lot of sense with Dan Mullen as the head coach. You know, he's just – Ja'Curry's the type of quarterback that Mullen takes cycle after cycle and develops and has a lot of success with. All right, quick break, other side. Going to talk a little more team-related stuff. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, David. So Monday morning, uh, I wake up. You were still probably recovering from a rowdy, a rowdy Father's Day. Uh, I'm walking the dog. Check Twitter. Jared William, or I'm sorry, Jaron Williams, the former Miami quarterback, he, uh, well, I guess it was reported that he was headed to junior college, and then you do a quick search of uh, the JUCO database, and he had signed a, a letter of intent with Garden City Community College, which is in the Jayhawk, or it's in Kansas, they play in the Jayhawk, in De- it's like the Jayhawk Athletic Independence Conference. It's the same conference that last chance you uh, has been following. If you guys watch that show on Netflix, like I think they played Garden City, um, in, in DCC did uh, in one of those episodes. So that's where he's headed. Are you surprised by this? Because I am not in any way. Well, I'll say this about that situation. I think, honestly, long term, and and if Jaron is going to bet on himself. I think this was probably the route to go because I think it was pretty apparent that power five programs weren't really interested at this stage. And so should Jaron necessarily settle for a group of five program? I mean, this, this kind of became the decision I think he had to make. Should he transfer to a group of five program or should he do a semester at JUCO? 
you know, try and show that he has made the necessary changes that he needs to make. Um, and then hopefully get some power five interest at the end of this fall. So, I mean, look, you and I both, I think, agree that Jaron Williams has plenty of talent. There's just some maturing that needs to happen there with him. And, you know, if he decides to mature and go through that process this fall, he can go play in, in the power five. And I think he can be relatively successful if he embraces uh, that growth process. So I hear you. Like, I'm not necessarily surprised, but um, I will say this. I do think this was the probably best move for him to make with his career. I'm not a Jaron Williams. Like I'm not bashing him. I, I, I honestly hope the best for him. And, you know, he, it, it was in, not enjoyable covering his recruitment, but he was always nice to me and in my interaction. So like, I I'm hoping that he uh, gets it together, but I understand the frustration. If you are a Miami fan, like totally yeah. look, man, I, I get it. I, I'm just personally going to be tracking kind of what happens because when Jaron is on, I mean, he is on. Uh, go back to that Louisville game where he just absolutely shredded it up and, and some of the throws yeah. he made against Florida State. Like, I think he has all the tools to be uh, an elite passer. I, I just really want to know, is this kind of like a Malik Henry situation with him going out uh, to play junior college ball and we see him resurface as a walk-on somewhere or – uh, is he going to get his act together in, um, you know, some school that makes a coaching change? And after this season, assuming we have a season, uh, you know, they're looking for a quarterback, and and he, he would make he would certainly make a, a splash. So I'll be tracking it. Um, I wish I really wish uh, Garden City CC was uh, going to be featured on Last Chance U, but I, I don't I don't think it is. Uh, I mean, I don't really know, uh, but that would be interesting. Um, I guess let's move to the other Williams. We're going to talk about Jared Williams. Uh, David, I know, I, I think Jared put out a video at some point over the weekend yeah. of him training with, with Torian Wilson. Am yes. I right? Torian Wilson. Uh, and then I know on Derek King's Instagram story, Jared Williams was, was sitting on his couch. So he's in Coral Gables. Um, not sure when exactly he's going to start participating in, in team workouts, but he's here. And based on what we've seen, it looks pretty, uh, looks pretty good. Yeah. So Torian Wilson is a former, uh, local offensive lineman. He was kind of a, a big time recruit locally. Um, you know, went on to UCF, I believe, and, you know, got a cup of coffee in the NFL. So He's kind of what he's doing now is returning to South Florida and he's looking to help coach up and, and develop the local offensive linemen in South Florida. So over the weekend, yeah, he, he posted a video of Jared Williams going through some drills that Torian had put together. And, you know, it was only a, I don't know, 30 second clip, but you could just tell with the way he moves, his build. Um, that he's, I'll just say this, like, in my opinion, there's not, uh, an offensive tackle on Miami's roster that looks and moves like that. Um, now of course things are different when, when pads come on, et cetera, et cetera, but just the movement and athleticism and length, uh, I think it was highly impressive what Jared looks like in that video. 
I know our uh, coworker, Gabby Urutia, caught up with Torian um, following that workout and just asked him, you know, what did you think of what Jared showed during that workout? And Torian shared with Gabby that, you know, he's a very impressive athlete. Garen Justice, the offensive line coach at Miami, got a good one. Uh, you know, in the clip uh, that Torian posted, he primarily had Jared working through drills, uh, lining up as a right tackle. And so Gabby wanted to ask him about that, you know, because that is one of the more intriguing storylines is, is Jared going to be a right tackle or left tackle at Miami? And Torian said, yeah, the video clips I posted were all right tackle, but he was working out. He did plenty of drills at left tackle as well. He just didn't post those uh, video clips. So, you know, I think it's still up in the air. I still personally think Jared should be and will be the left tackle at Miami this season. Um, those clips only confirm that stronger to me, just the way he moves athletically looks like a left tackle all day to me. So yeah. I think, I think it's exciting. I think I'm, I'm very intrigued by his addition. Well, I guess we should, should point out, you know, I think Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald in one of his six, six packs of notes or, or what, whatever he calls them, I'm drawing a blank on it. I think he, he wrote that he, he believes or he's hearing Miami will try Jared out on uh, the right side. Uh, I mean, I don't, I could see both scenarios kind of playing out. I I, I don't yeah. think anyone is, I don't think anyone should be penciled in really anywhere on that line until they get into kind of preseason camp. That's just my two cents. I mean, we'll, yeah, we'll see. For sure. It's all up in the air. And, you know, we've talked about in previous podcasts how their personnel, I mean, they could go a lot of different ways on the offensive line. A lot of guys are kind of interchangeable. And look, the takeaway I would have if, Miami does roll with Jared on the right side. My assumption then would be either John Campbell or Zion Nelson really impresses Garen Justice as a left tackle. So that wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. Yeah. Anything else you want to get into before uh, we wrap this up? I know you got to get know you got to get out of here. Yeah. No. Last thing I think we should point out is right now on the on the website and the network 24 seven, they're running another promotion. So I guess this is like a twice a month deal with 24 uh, seven now. So basically they're offering a annual subscription deal to the website, which I think gets you a year's worth of VIP coverage for $53, which I think equates to like 14 cents a day, etc. So, you know, it, Again, I've said this in the past, but I'll say it again. If you enjoy the podcast, um, you know, show us support. Maybe jump in with the VIP coverage. Take advantage of all the scoop Andrew provides on the recruiting trail. I know, you know, in the in the next couple of days, I think you and Gabby are going to have some interesting VIP stories that fans will be intrigued by. So, yeah. You know, this deal runs through Friday at midnight, I believe. So if you want, if you're listening between Wednesday and Friday, take advantage. We we both said in the past, I think this is going to be an interesting year on the field and, and in the recruiting trail. So now would be a good time to jump on board and, and go VIP. 
All right, guys. Well, that'll do it for this episode. We will talk to you next time. Take care, guys.